Well, hello everybody and welcome back to the Coffee Club podcast. This is episode 99.5 and today it is just me. And as I am talking now, I'm realizing how weird this feels to just be talking to my computer rather than talking to my friends. So as you guys may have heard in the last few episodes, we talked about having this concept for the monologues and this is installment number one and I think it'll be an interesting test and I don't know, we'll just see how it goes. Um, George is currently getting back to New Zealand and Ollie is in Boulder so it's still like the big time zone difference so to get through these next few weeks until we're all back together we wanted to see if we could each do a little monologue and this is my go to it I guess so yeah I hope you guys enjoy it. So before I get into what I'm going to be talking about today I'll just kind of do like a bit of a basic recap on where I'm at with training and racing. As you guys may have seen last week I raced in Zagreb I did a 3k and it went really well honestly it exceeded my expectations it was a great trip I think last year I went to the same meet and it was an amazing meet last year and it was kind of the biggest reason why I was able to qualify for Worlds this year so I was pretty excited to go back because of all those fond memories and going into the race I felt good like the few days before it I have to say like I finally, my body started feeling really good, like running on the track, like running quicker paces. I I felt really good again. And I mean, that made me happy, but that still doesn't necessarily, you know, translate into results. So I didn't know like 100%, yeah, I'm going to start running really quick, but I felt good going into it. So I was definitely optimistic. And the race is up on YouTube if you want to watch it. I I get, (laughs) I'm pretty far behind everyone for a lot of the, like a lot of the race for the whole race I guess until maybe the end Uh, the pace definitely felt hard 3k pace is something that I have I mean not even really touched at all this season only in a few workouts have I been able to get down to that pace which is for me 61s 62s ish and yeah I mean it's just quick the reality is even if you're very fit it never feels easy so I haven't really been able to do much at it and in the race I definitely I noticed like how hard it felt and so I had a bit more of a conservative approach which still meant I was going quick but I was a bit off the pace at the front and I really just like my goal going into it like my you know before going into a race I kind of like to try to mentally break it down and make it as simple as possible and for this one I thought that the best way to do that would be to just think about the first K just think about getting in a nice rhythm the first K, running it solid, but nothing crazy to the first two and a half laps. And then for the second 2K, so the last five laps, just every lap, just think about kind of turning the dial up just a little bit and starting to move through the field and catch people. And this was assuming that the pace was quick. If it was slow, uh, it would have been a pretty different you know, race plan. But assuming it was quick, that was how I wanted to run it. Because we had heard that the pacing would be pretty solid and that it would probably be a bit too aggressive for me it ended up being actually very well paced it was i think 504 through 2k which looking back at it maybe i could have gone up with that but um i was only probably a few seconds off that a couple of seconds off that at 2k so it was fine and so that's essentially how the race played out i i went out a bit back for the first k and then i started just kind of moving up through the field um 
from 1k onwards and you didn't really see it a lot until the last two laps i mean the race on youtube you can't even really see much of it because they're showing the freaking triple jump instead of the race so you only get to see the first couple laps and then the last couple laps but because i raced it in that conservative way it meant that those last couple laps i really started to move through the field well and i had a big last lap um and that was probably one of the most encouraging things about it is i would say i started to really feel like myself again in terms of just everything feeling really together physically also mentally like just the body feeling good it was that last lap with how i felt i felt like i could really you know turn it up and close well which is just a sign that you know i'm at in a good spot and like getting back to like full fitness which i still don't think i've reached yet for this year because of just the way things played out but i ended up coming through in finishing in fourth place caught a lot of people at the end and ran 735 for a big pb last year i ran 739 at this meet and that was my pb and yeah it's not like i've run a ton of 3ks so you know you don't run them as often but 735 for me was still you know just a huge time and i'm never somebody who wants to get too caught up in times and all that but this one felt pretty special to me because at many points in this year early on after my injury like i had just written off the year and you know i had kind of reframed it as just building just building to next year and that's still what it is a hundred percent to me however when i have a performance like that when i run a time which i see as actually being like a good time as a pro you know like that's a very respectable time obviously you have to be able to run quite a bit quicker if you want to be you know competitive at the top level but to have a result like that considering everything it really made me feel good about the fact that i'm maybe closer to all my goals than i thought i was and that's just you know a good feeling especially after mostly setbacks (laughs) for this year and at the end of the day if anyone asks me i'll tell them i just want to feel like i just want to feel like i'm making progress again and feel good Because I know what that feels like because I felt that for like most of my running career. But the last few years, I haven't felt like that. And this race really felt like I was getting back into that. And so that's why it felt so special. And there was a great group of people there. So I was with Cinta, which always makes the trip amazing. She had a good race as well. She came fourth, another really solid 1500. Jonas was just in front of me and he had an amazing race as well. The race was won by Dominic um we love dominic and then second was henrik and he ran a pb which i think (laughs) it was awesome to see how many people were happy about that in the discord people were going crazy about that and i 100 percent see why he's such a likable athlete i think at some points he wasn't as likable but he's just you can tell he just loves it and he's gone through so many injuries and he's been so persistent so for him to be coming out on the other side especially being a bit older and running a pb in the 3k i think everyone can get behind that so that was the zaga race i also do have a youtube video which i'm uh, editing right now for it so you guys will get to check it out there just a bit of fun and right now if you can see the video you'd be like where the hell are you morgan and i'm in a room in a tuscan villa and i won't spend too long explaining it because it's it's kind of crazy but it's called tuscany camp you can look up tuscany camp on instagram and you can find their instagram page and check it out a bit but pretty much it's a training 
I don't know what you call it, a training camp spot kind of, but people live here as well in a small town in Tuscany, Italy. It's absolutely amazing. And it used to be, I mean, it is still like a castle pretty much. There's so many rooms here. It's so massive. It was built by the Borghese family back in the day. And essentially the family, I don't think could maintain the place anymore. So uh, a man named Giuseppe came around and helped rebuild it on the condition that he was able to use it for his athletes. And he brings over a lot of athletes from Burundi. And so a lot of them live here all the time. And then there's a lot of Italians here and a lot of other people come and go as well. So it's become just a really cool spot for to be set up for a bit or to live. Yeah. So people even live here as well, which is kind of crazy. But I'm just here training for 10 days um, towards the end of that now. And it's been amazing. It's honestly been so good. Um, it's a, just so nice and relaxing here. It's the first time I've really been able to really get away from stuff. Even the same Moritz these days is kind of like a bit hectic, but this is a very simple lifestyle. And I think after everything this season uh, and the fact that I'm extending the season for my final race, it's really good just to be able to come and have things really relaxed and just focus back in on training. And that kind of brings me to yeah the point of it all, which is the road to Latvia, baby which <laughs> I talked about this so long ago that I can't believe it's actually happening. I'm racing the road 5K, well, the World Road Running Champs 5K in Riga, Latvia, which is on October 1st. So that's what I'm preparing for now, and that will be kind of the end of my season. And then I'll take a sh- probably a shorter break than normal and get back into it because it is already so late in the year. But yeah, that's what I'm training for. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be... 10 days until the race or so and um yeah i'm very excited to go and compete it's going to be a very competitive race it's not going to be this is the first year they're doing it so i think some people thought like a bit of uncertainty with how it will be but uh the start list came out and i know for example ethiopia is sending aragawi and yom of kajalcha who have both run 1240 odd this season. So it's going to be a very good competitive race and a lot of fun. It's just so fun to do something different and to get off the track, you know. And Mr. Tom Wang is going to be there as well, um, making the trip over to race. So <laughs> there's a there's like an open race which you can do. So I'm very, very excited for that. And that'll end my season. And then I'll uh, take a little break and get ready for next year. And yeah, just to sum it up, I'm so happy with where I'm at now and I just want to keep the momentum going and yeah things are things are good I'm very content so no complaints here but kind of the thing that I wanted to touch on today is like it was kind of hard to think about what to talk about but for me I am the type of person who does think quite a bit like maybe too much sometimes it's like a bit of an issue like I can worry a lot about certain things and one of the things that I do when I'm worrying or just thinking in general is I'll often just write stuff down in my notes or like a diary lately it's been my computer notes but sometimes I've had training diaries in the past that I've put a lot of cool stuff in so it's always helpful to be able to have that so that I can go back through them and kind of like see where I'm at mentally and it's just always like a nice little reflection on things and one question that we've had a lot in the when, whenever we ask for Q&A, which we haven't really taken the time to properly address, like we've talked around it a lot, but we haven't really addressed it specifically, which is people often ask, 
about the differences of how we used to train um, when we were younger, like high school, how we used to train in college, and how we train as a professional, and essentially what the differences are between those. And it's a very good question, especially right now, because when I look at the landscape, those lines are really blurred right now. You have all these high schools in college kids that are training so professionally. And I mean, those, yeah, the differences between them are essentially like arbitrary. Like they're not real. Like what does it mean to train as a professional? What does it mean to train as a college kid? Um, I guess we all should just be trying to train as professionals as well as we can. But it is a very interesting question because for me, those have been essentially like distinct periods in my career in the way that I've trained and the way that I've you know, done it all. And the interesting thing about it is that those transitions haven't essentially, it's not like they've been instant, smooth, successful transitions. I mean, they generally aren't. There's always kind of a time period where you, where it's a little more difficult. And I had this in college for not that long. I would say college, like I adjusted pretty well as a professional kind of like I've had that I don't think as a professional I've performed up to my potential at all so it's like I'm not even necessarily on the other side of this question where I can be like okay like I know how to train as a pro and I'm a successful pro like I'm not there yet but I do have a lot of ideas about it and one thing that I was thinking about in regards to this question is the classic Picasso quote it took me four years to paint like Raphael but a lifetime to paint like a child and you might be thinking why the hell did he just quote Picasso doesn't make any sense here but personally I have one of the things that goes on with me is I have a sense often of like what I think I should be doing in training I mean, that's essentially like your body telling you, like, I have that for sure, but I don't necessarily always listen to it. And I think when I was younger, I actually did a really good job at listening to it. I was, I don't know if it was just, I mean, I was surrounded by really good people when I was younger who helped, uh, I would say, guide me, push me in the right direction. But also I just didn't really, I wasn't as intense maybe as I am now. And so it was easier for me to listen to my body. And when I say that, that's often specifically looking at like taking it easier, like being knowing when to push, when not to push. And so I think I used to do this really well. And I mean, yeah, in Australia, like the squad training, so it's pretty casual. It's not that bad. And then I got to college and it took me a few years to relearn how to listen to my body well I would say when I came in as a freshman uh, I remember I think this is pretty normal all the freshmen were just really excited to crush all the time especially at Wisconsin we have this lovely cross-country course and every time we went out there you know it was like a 20-minute drive to get out there so every time you go out there it's like it's kind of a big deal not really but you're getting excited to have a big session you know, and you want to go hard. And on our team, we had our best runner in cross country was Malachi, and he was amazing. He came my freshman year, I think he came around 10th at Ensor Lake Cross. So he was amazing. He was a redshirt sophomore. And 
he would train really well, just consistent, just consistently strong, but he would never have to do anything, you know, too crazy. And it was a big kind of light bulb moment when I remember I had this amazing workout day with uh, the other freshman, Joe Hardy, who was on, he was on like episode three of the podcast. Um, we were the two freshmen that were not redshirting. So we were the ones that were kind of always in like the top workout group and going for it. And we had a day where we were just like getting after it. We were probably doing mile repeats. And I remember on the last rep, we actually dropped Maliki. Like we maybe beat him by 20 meters or whatever. And as you can imagine, like we felt, we felt so good about it. <laughs> like it, it sounds so silly to say, but yeah, you're going to feel very good. The ego is pumped, confident after a session like that. And then in the next race, which is probably just a week later, Maliki beat the both of us by like a minute, like a whole minute. And then, and this is like an 8K cross country race. And so, I mean, <laughs> you're just looking at it and you're like, wow, like I'm doing the training and stuff. Like I'm, I'm going for it. But in the racing, he's just like so much better. And like, as I think back on it now, it's, I mean, it's so obvious, like what you would tell someone in that scenario, you would say, yeah, like one workout doesn't make you, um, it's about the consistent longer term rather than just like these few weeks of hard training. But at the time, you just like, it's so easy to forget that when you're, when you're in that environment and it feels like, you know, you have these workouts where it feels like you put everything into it and it feels like you're getting this direct feedback of like, yeah, I'm crushing these guys, I'm ready to go, but there's such a bigger picture than just that workout. And I would say my whole freshman year, like once I got to track, I started figuring out it out a bit better because, I, and I think track suited me a little bit more. So it was easier for me to figure it out in track. But my second year was when I really started to figure it out. And Mick and I, Mick Byrne, my college coach, we really started to gel and we really started to understand each other. Like I knew his training very well. He knew what I needed very well. And he knew that I didn't need to crush any workouts. And I think that was, you know, such a good thing because he make is a type of coach. I mean, we've talked about how great of a coach he is, but he's the type of coach that will tell you that like, he's very good at saying, no, this is all you need to do. Like you're done. Like you've done the work. And by my fifth year, things were things were working so well and looking at that season for me obviously that was like the best season of my life but you know if you look at the way that we trained it was very like we trained very well but it's very smart training i would say and it was very conservative training and i'm not saying that this necessarily works well for everybody like i i do think that some people do have to train really hard and that's what you know suits them and that's what makes them amazing but I really worked out that for me, I didn't need to do that harder stuff. <laughs> like I just didn't. And also I had a bunch of injuries that I had had at that point. So it wasn't smart for me to to train that hard, you know? Like I would still be stressed about like not doing certain things, like not being able to train, having little niggles that I had to take a few days off. Like that stressed me out a lot. But Mick, he was aware of that and he would be the one that would be there to tell me, you know? You, it's fine like you have to take these days off 
and you'll be okay. Like you can do it. Like you're, you're talented enough that this is, this is just how you work. And yeah, so I remember like my fifth year, like that cross country season, like we worked out as a team, like the top, I don't know, six to eight of us. I, I don't know if we ever, I think maybe one workout that whole season, like we dropped, I like, I dropped people on the team. I think it was just one time. And then during indoors, like it was all very conservative and, uh, I didn't work out on the track at all. I would do a lot of heel workouts instead because that's just what worked well for my body. And then when it came to outdoors, what we did that was like so good was Mick was really good at managing the mental side of it. Um, if you look at my final outdoor season, I didn't try to run any big times or anything. Uh, we just like qualified for nationals early in the year. I remember having a talk with Mick and one of the things that we said was we we was specifically talking about like the mental side of peaking because, you know, it's very easy to like think about as a coach athlete, like the physical side, you think about the training, you think about physically peaking, but also thinking about mentally peaking is, is very important to us. And I think it's something that's often overlooked. And we had a metaphor of, of a glass being full of water and you think of the glass as being your capacity to hold stress and you know everyone's glass might be slightly different sizes and then you know throughout the year you you put in more stress you put it, pour the water into it and at a certain point that glass gets full and i think you know even now like every year like you hit that point where either you're burnt out. I mean, as a professional, like by the end of this year, it's crazy. Like everyone is burnt out. Like I'll just tell you that now. And it's common at every level. But one of the things that Mick and I said is we said, all right, let's try make the glass as big as possible. So let's work on making the capacity for stress, you know, making it so that we're able to take in as much as possible. But also let's try, let's try not pour in as much water as possible early on in the year. And the way that we essentially did that was by having this long-term view. And so when I say like we didn't try to run any big times, well, we decided that, you know, it wasn't worth like stressing about that. We wanted to prioritize, you know, being able to, being ready to go uh, for NCAAs and beyond NCAAs as well for Worlds, hopefully. Because we knew that those were going to be massive massive stresses and so you want to have a lot of room left to be able to take that at the time and so when i look at that final outdoor season physically things things were great i'd been healthy for a very long period of time so things things were great but i think the mental side of it was really like the big thing that we focused on in training and <laughs> now i think about it i'm still not doing a great job at answering the question directly of like how we used to train different but I mean I kind of am because I'm giving you insights into what really mattered to us at that point and it was being able to mentally peak and be ready to go because yeah one simple way to answer the question of the difference of training is that it doesn't actually really matter that much like I think at this point everyone has a very good understanding of what it takes to be a good runner uh, it's it's 
it's kind of simple in a lot of ways. And there are some coaches who it's a lot more complicated and they have great success. Um, but for many people, it's, you know, you just do like the basic build up threshold work and then you get into more specific training through track. And essentially you want to stay healthy. Like the, the, you want to stay healthy as long as possible and be able to train as consistent as possible. That's what makes you the best. But then when you really get into it at the top level, like I think this mental stuff becomes very important. So in college compared to when I was younger before that, considering these more like performance mental side of the things were that was pretty big for us. And then transitioning from college to being a pro, this is when everything has pretty much been like a shit show for me, which <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to be too critical of myself, but I haven't I have definitely made a lot of mistakes i would say but you know sometimes sometimes you got to step over the line to find where it is and i think personally after 2019 after i finished college i ran at worlds that year and i didn't qualify for the final in the 5k and i was in amazing shape then and two years before i hadn't qualified for the 5k final and it'd been like kind of close and so two years later i was like i'm in such better shape like I have to qualify for the final. Like I have to be able to qualify for the final, and then I didn't do it. So that was really dis- like a big disappointment for me to kind of end. It was, I mean, overall an amazing season, but I still didn't achieve making the final. And I think, you know, becoming a pro, um, I felt like I had to just train a lot harder. Which, I mean. <laughs> I still believe you have to be able to train at a certain level to have success as a pro. I definitely I definitely believe it. But I think maybe I was a little bit... As a pro, it's really easy to be like too focused on that because we just don't have anything else going on. Like Honestly, when you're at training camp, for example, you just get bored. Like The big highlights of your week are these workouts. And um, sometimes, you know, they're left a bit kind of... You, I don't know, you just get competitive and you just want to crush them because you just want to, like you're just bored and it's just kind of fun sometimes. But oftentimes the best thing to do in a workout is to be more controlled. And so that's definitely something that I struggled with quite a bit as a pro. Um, it's just easy. You see all these other people training really hard and having success and you're like, okay, like that's what I want to do, the classic comparison. But I can tell you like you don't, have it's it's not true like you don't have to train so hard to have success as a pro you have to be able to do train at a certain level but the big thing more important than you know training hard is training consistent and in order to train consistent you have to you have to be able to listen to your body adapt the training all these classic things that you know that you'll hear everyone say but that's why I said the quote at the beginning because it's like it's like going back to kind of that more childlike feeling of just like knowing what you need to do. And I actually just also watched the movie Dead Poet Society for the first time. And it it honestly I mean amazing movie, first off. I really enjoyed it. But everything in that about, you know, anti conformity and all that I felt rang very true in regards to this specific topic. I think when you see someone 
perform like what it takes to perform at such a high level you have to really have your mind and your body in sync and to be able to do that you have to be able you have to be listening to your body you have to be living your life in a way that i think um is kind of right for you and i think it's just it's not always that easy to be doing the right thing especially for me for example i'm on such an amazing team and i can turn out turn up to practice and i'm training with say joe clecker and he can he can crush it so hard and i can crush it pretty hard as well but i don't think i should be crushing it as hard as he can as often not yet at least like my body just isn't ready for that and so this is kind of the thing that i'm still figuring out and I don't want to overcomplicate it because at the end of the day, like I just need to be healthy for a period of time, like a longer period of time, like 12 months. And I haven't been able to do that for these because of these pesky, annoying injuries. Um, but that is one of the difficulties of training with such amazing teammates. You have to be able to find a balance between, um, you know, taking all the amazing things of being part of a team, which is being surrounded by great people being able to work together to work hard on the days when you are meant to go hard just 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 so fun being in such an amazing team and being around such great people but you still have to not compromise yourself and lose yourself in that and it's hard it's hard sometimes and i think that's something that a lot of pros are probably figuring out i'm sure a lot of you guys have experienced that at you know the college level or the high school level it it happens everywhere but for me, I would say that, I mean, I experienced it a little bit in college in the beginning, but I haven't experienced it like I experience it now as a pro previously. So that's kind of what I'm figuring out now and working through. And <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I feel very confident and good about like where I'm at now. So I'm very happy. You know, I don't have things fully worked out, but I think I'm in the like the best possible environment to like do my try my best and to have the potential for success. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> and once again, I'm looking because on the screen I have this question in front of me: the differences of training. And I haven't really like done a good job at talking about that specifically, but I guess I've done a decent job at telling my own personal journey and how it the differences between training at these levels and I guess at the end of the day what I'm trying to say is that I think when I was younger you have this when you're younger you have yeah this kind of almost childlike innocence where you know you you go about things in a certain way and it's maybe easier to you don't have all this extra noise in your life and I think um, like for whatever you're doing, whether it's running or something else, I think coming back and connecting with that can be very powerful and can be very beneficial. And uh, yeah, that's in a way what I'm trying to do now as a professional is don't ignore that voice inside that I've had my whole life that's often telling me like the right thing to do. It's um, yeah, is to be smart and just listen to it. So that's the story of me. <laughs> um, 
I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I think I don't want this to be too long because I've already talked way too much. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoyed it. Um, I'll see you guys in Latvia. That's where I'll next be appearing. And then after that, the next time I'm back on the Coffee Club pod should be when we're finally all back in Boulder together. So I hope that you guys enjoy the next couple of episodes as well. I'm very interested to see what the boys turn out. I think this is going to be quite the experiment to see if we can do this at any point again in the future. But I think it'll be very interesting. But yeah, that's it from me. Thank you everyone for listening and see you guys next time.